Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> Redwood Forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Greetings and welcome inside the latest Special Teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon podcast. On special teams, we take a look back at individual seasons in sports history and celebrate what made them so great for those teams. Whether it's football, baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer, archery, highlight. We're going to go back and look at highlight at some point. Oh, I can't wait. The history of highlight, maybe a little Aussie rules, football. Oh, AFL, Collingwood, Magpies. Yeah, okay. Uh, Goat roping. Is there really great moments and great single seasons in goat roping history? I don't know. Calf roping. Oh, calf roping. Goat roping, no, but I'll go to calf rope. I don't know. I don't think there's any kind of roping. I don't know. Maybe there's a state fair that we can find some great stats or great performances. I don't know. I watched the King of the Hill episode where Bobby became a rodeo clown, so suddenly that was in my head. That came in. It was a rodeo. Calf rope, 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 rope. Uh, So today on the podcast, again, your host, Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, our show is heard on Fox Sports Radio Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. East Coast time, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. on the West Coast. We're on over 400 affiliates coast to coast. You get our special brand of entertainment, humor, and whatever Harmon decides he wants to say on a daily basis. Hey, sometimes you got to take a a left turn and and take people down a road they they don't know they want to go on. And that's what we do each and every night. Tonight is a tough road because my wife being a Michigan fan, going (laughs) to Michigan, she's had to sit around all week while I have had notes on the 2002 Ohio State Buckeyes all around the house. Go really pictures of Maurice Claret and all those guys. <laughs> Craig Krenzel. I got big fat heads on the wall. Why do you have this Ohio State? Because we're going to do Ohio State this week. But I can't just put it somewhere where I don't see it. I said, look, we did in 1997 Michigan. She goes, yeah, just put this someplace else. So I had to put it someplace else. Wow, that's kind of, that's anger. The 2002 Ohio State Buckeyes, who played one of the most memorable national championship games ever, became legendary over the course of this college football season and in January. One of the great college football years of all time, and Ohio State started 2002, the second year under Jim Tressel, who you could tell there was something special going on because it was the year before when he got hired from Youngstown State and he got up at the basketball game and said, you'll be proud of this team in 312 days when we play the Michigan Wolverines. They played them, they beat them, and you realize wait a minute, this guy may be ushering in the non-John Cooper era of Ohio State football where Ohio State had plenty of chances in the 90s to compete for a national championship. They lost to Michigan all these times, and it was, boy, no matter who Ohio State beats, they can't beat Michigan. Jim Tressel ushered in that era, which they've enjoyed for the better part of 20 years. No matter what you did the rest of the year, it didn't matter. I mean, it's one of those rivalries. Many go to the wayside based on scheduling, based on how you go through the process and certainly with the Big Ten and its evolution and growth, you've you've seen some of that fractured, right, because of the schedule imbalance. But Ohio State, Michigan, you want to get people riled up? I mean, you have the microcosm of your wife, but certainly (laughs) you go go into any sports bar when that game's on 
And it, it's really an interesting sociological experiment because there's a lot of anger being tossed back and forth, even where we are in Southern California. Heading into the year, there were two big announcements that Ohio State dealt with. Number one was Mike Doss, two-time All-American, decided to stay in an emotional announcement and Maurice Claret enrolled early so he could play for Ohio State in the fall. Maurice Claret, who had one year of college football, and there are a few people who had a more memorable year than Maurice Claret. Now, obviously, he's run into trouble uh, throughout the rest of his career, but this one year, Ohio State, I mean, he's going to live forever. Yeah, great comeback story in terms of life and post-football and some of those transgressions. In some ways, well, you know, look at the irony of a guy who graduates early and then really didn't take a class while he was at Ohio <laughs> State. But that's a whole other thing. As for Mike Doss, went on to a, a nice NFL career mm-hmm. uh, when he was done. Perhaps we'll talk about him a little bit uh, in our Where Are They Now portion of the podcast. Oh, are you but foreshadowing? A Is that foreshadowing, a foreshadow? Mike Doss uh, mm-hmm. became okay. a second-round pick. Yeah. But that was going to be the heartbeat of this team. Whatever was going to happen offensively, you knew you were bringing back a stalwart defense. Here's some of the star power on this Ohio State 2002 team. Chris Gamble, who we're going to talk a lot about here on the podcast, played both offense and defense. Ben Hartsock went on to a long career in the NFL. Will Allen as well. Bobby Carpenter, linebacker. Dustin Fox, who actually follows me on Twitter. Uh, Now a media man, yeah. A.J. Hawk, he was a freshman on this team. Mike Nugent went on to kick in the NFL for a really long time. A A lot of jet ties to this team, actually. No, there's not. Santonio Holmes was on this team as a freshman. Please don't do no, that. It's really not. <laughs> and they uh, were winners, and then they came to you. It's not about the Jets. Nick Mangold was the center on this team. Troy Smith went on to win the Heisman Trophy years yes, later, was the backup quarterback on this team as a freshman. Michael Jenkins was the star receiver. Craig Krenzel was the quarterback. And on Jim Tressel's staff, a young man named Mark D'Antonio, who then went that? on to a great career head coach at Michigan State. The great Luke Fickle, Mel Tucker, distinguished careers for all. And, and certainly D'Antonio has had some big years for Michigan State, uh, hanging around in the Big Ten and, and vexing Uh, Well, these Buckeyes at times. So Ohio State did have a great defense going into this year. What else were people talking about as we get ready for the 2002 fall campaign? Here is 2002 Pop Culture in Review. Boom! 2002. The big movies in 2002 included Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, The Middle One. Okay. All right. The really long one in the middle that was, oh my God, yeah, you just kept bridge from the first one to the last one. There were long books. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. There you go. Spider Man. But I mean, like, this is like four Spider Man's ago. Defoe. Yes. This is- Are you going to get into an Elizabeth Banks thing about no, which Spider Man iteration no, this no, was? No. Listen, Spider Man, Tom Holland was the best. Everything else was. Uh, yeah, but Willem Dafoe was pretty cool. He was good. Willem Dafoe was a good villain. I, I, oh, sorry, spoiler alert if you haven't seen that oh, Spider-Man. Oh, well, you know. Uh, Men in Black 2. Star Wars Episode <laughs> that 2. that long ago? Attack of the Clones. Two. Yeah, I know. All, all, oh, all I was, long ago. I remember going with uh, a group from work to a very early showing of both Phantom Menace and then later on Attack of the Clones. I was the guy armed with two very large jugs of quote-unquote orange juice <laughs> for the morning showing. <laughs> Was it just orange juice? Hell no. Oh, okay. Very good. That's good. Uh, The Angels won the World Series. That's how long ago it was. Now, that's funny. People forget that. Oh, yeah, that's right. They've had some great players. You know, Uh, and the thing is, had the Angels not won, Barry Bonds would have been the MVP of the World Series. He was having a great World Series, but that relentless lineup of the Angels was just too much. How about that? The outlier of the Bonds career. He was having a great World Series. And also, the Euro became the... Unit of currency. Oh, I like that. In Europe. The Euro, well, you figure Euro for Europe. I had, it's not like the Euro was in the United States, the Euro in Europe. You want another good sports one? Give me another good one. The WWF had to become the WWE after the worldwide wildlife. You know, I, I what I really can't fail to understand in that whole thing is this, is that the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation, was monstrous. Yeah. WWF wildlife... How did they not have the best lawyers to win in court? 
How did that, they not that, do that? Then how do you claim that anybody's confusing the two until the bumper stickers of the yeah, Panda Bears with true. the chairs yeah, came out? <laughs> there was really no confusing the two. So this is what the world was talking about as we head into 2002, into the fall where Ohio State makes a run to a national championship thanks to their defense, thanks to a controversial call in the bowl game that is still controversial. We get into the season as special teams continues next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. The Ohio State Buckeyes came into 2002 ranked 13th in the country. They had some potential national championship dreams, but in the beginning they just had to win some games. And Ohio State had two tough ones coming out of the gate in their first three where they faced Heisman Trophy candidates Cliff Kingsbury yeah. and Jason Gesser. Jason Gesser. Remember when Cliff Kingsbury first was, was a Heisman Trophy candidate? With Texas Tech? Well, winging the ball all over the place. Problem was they had a bad offensive line and nobody, they didn't play a lick of defense. Uh, as for Gesser, uh, yeah, he and Washington State, another team expecting the explosive offense, uh, but certainly this Buckeye defense was a formidable opponent. Texas Tech was able to put the most points on the board that Ohio State gave up during the regular season with 21. However, Ohio State's offense rolled to a 45-21 victory. Meanwhile, in game three against Washington State, who was ranked 10th in the country at the time, their defense shut them down at home, winning 25-7. 
In his first two games in college football, Maurice Claret scored five touchdowns, and in the game against Washington State, he ran for 230 yards. And I remember then the question was, can a freshman win the Heisman Trophy? Can Maurice Claret, this kind of star, he was the breakout star in 2002. Can he win the Heisman Trophy? 235 touchdowns, but he suffered a knee injury and he missed the next game. If he had been able to stay healthy all year long, because Maurice Claret was in and out of the lineup, and this was the Maurice Claret freshman sensation, Maurice Claret. If he was able to stay in the lineup, he would have won the Heisman, but he kept getting dinged up. He'd miss a game, come back in, play a game, miss two games. That really hurt him. But man, if he was able to play top to bottom with the story Ohio State was moving all the way up to the top of the rankings, he would have won the Heisman. Now, that would have been a fun decision to have to see, right? Uh, Because as we know, the Heisman voters certainly don't want to go back to the well a second time. Sometimes you get the career award. And generally, if you're a youngster breaking onto the scene, they they don't want any part of it, right? You would have to have transferred, sat out, been injured, gotten some kind of formal release, gone into transfer portals or whatever (laughs) we're going to call it in a given day and, and have some long road. Not, hey, I graduated early and I'm on campus. Ohio State gets the midway point of the season ranked number five in the country. They had blown out San Jose State 50 to seven. And then a string of close games. And this is where Ohio State's defense stepped to the forefront. They beat Wisconsin by five. They beat Penn State 13 to seven. They beat Minnesota, who was ranked in the top 25. They beat Purdue 10 to six. They won at Illinois in overtime, 23 to 16. All of these games were close and there were many non-believers. I remember this year's, boy, how good is Ohio State? How good is the Big Ten? We don't know. They just keep eking out these victories over these teams that are not very good. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, a pass interference call and and other things that that seem to go their way, right? It was one of those where bounces happen. You talk about the 2018 Chicago Bears season with all the turnovers and everything. Going, go back to the Super Bowl appearance they made with Rex Grossman. Why do you have to bring up the 2018 Bears? Why, the, I mean, the where, idea, where do your Bears have to, what, what well, have to do with it? Sometimes it's got to be Midwest, about me. Midwest? I mean, yeah, what, what exactly. is it? I don't and understand. Craig Krenzel played for the Bears, so I'm going to make the... He barely played for the Bears. Shut up. So, <laughs> the idea just being sometimes all the calls seem to go your way. All the bounces go your way. This is a season where they live dangerously mm-hmm. on a week-to-week basis. So even even a couple of the mid-season games, they had early early struggles to break out of the gate and then needed late comebacks. Here, same thing as we got deeper into the schedule and we, we get to this Purdue game where it's just a grind, a grind into the fourth quarter before you finally have that breakthrough touchdown pass. One thing that's forgotten a lot in this, because we had seen Charles Woodson do it five years previously, become the first primary defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy. But did he win because he played defense? No, he won because he played a phenomenal defensive back. He also returned. He was on the return game and he played offense and he made big plays for his team down the stretch. Big plays on offense. Chris Gamble was that guy for Ohio State a wide receiver who turned and started playing defensive back during the season. And he had numerous interceptions in big games. Every game they played, I felt like Chris Gamble comes down with this big interception and obviously didn't have the star power of Woodson in Michigan, but he was every bit that player for Ohio State. Well, somewhere he was going to find the ball, like just a ball hawk, uh, which is what made him eventually a uh, first-round pick uh, as a defensive back once he converted full-time. But here, facing Kyle Orton, see? All roads lead Kyle back to the Bears. Are you only going to bring up Bears? How about the neck beard? Yeah, okay, he was he the guy that threw great, the pick. He did have a great neck beard. Did he yeah. not? Yeah, I know he, he did. Yeah. He threw the pick that Gamble caught. Yep, yep. What do you want from me? No, I did okay. I'm just telling you the narrative. All right. that, that, you know what? That way, that, that's allowed. Okay, that's allowed. You that's had allowed. to go to the replay booth? Now to... Riveron's not overturning <laughs> that. He's just going to laugh and say, I don't care what he I said. I called Mike Pereira. Mike Pereira said, hey, I just put down my wine so I can give you an update. <laughs> That's what happens. Harmon can say whatever he wants. Go ahead. (laughs) So by this point for Ohio State, look, their defense has been rolling. You know, we talked about some of the big players on defense. They go into their showdown against number 12, Michigan, ranked number two in the country, undefeated at this point. And there have been many classic Ohio State-Michigan games where there are so many twists and turns. This was not one of them. 
This was a defensive struggle. Craig Krenzel was able to run for a key fourth and one first down. And really, Krenzel was a player who just made enough plays all season long, mm-hmm. right? Was he the most talented of quarterbacks? No. But he made just enough plays. He threw a, a touchdown pass just clutch enough in the fourth quarter. He drove the team down to a game-winning drive or a game-clinching drive just enough to keep the job. And he did it against Michigan. The defense shuts down the Wolverines like they have all season long. They win 14 to nine and they head in to the national championship game in Tempe in the Fiesta bowl up against Miami. And still nobody was giving Ohio state due because the, the overarching story, we, we got into it. Nobody really believed how good they were. Even when they beat Michigan here, it was, well, Michigan, but they were ranked 12th, and it's a 14-9 game. Look, and I've seen every Ohio State-Michigan game for the past 30 years, so I'll tell you which ones are great, which ones weren't. This is one of those, it's tough to watch games. You know, it's it, it was it was really difficult, and it was Ohio State just made enough plays, and it was a grind. And there is something to be said for style points, especially when you have to worry about impressing voters. Defense is sexy, but it's got to be over-the-top good. It's got to be numerous picks and returns for touchdowns and sacks. It, sometimes when you're keeping teams off the board and you're beating bad teams barely because you have great defense, it's not sexy enough. So Ohio State goes into this national championship game very, very unsexy. Well, and that's it. Is you, you mentioned just from the sex appeal of appealing to the pollsters, that's why you have the run-up to score. Hell, no matter how many a- algorithms you add to the equation now, for playoff selections, you're still looking, going, all right, how much does it help if we score another touchdown here? How much does it help if we keep rolling it up, just like you were Steve Spurrier 30 years ago? But <laughs> you look you look at their scoring game to game, they only scored more than 30 points three times. One of those was a 50-burger on San Jose State. Wait, wait. 50-burger. Mm, all right, hamburgers yes, later sorry, on no. everybody. You know, 45 points against Indiana, and then there's another 34-point Output, but overall, it's grinding out games, defense coming up with big plays. So you're rolling through, going, All right, against a big time, high powered opponent, one, can they shut them down the same way, right? Is this just a function of a couple of bad Big Ten teams, uh, a San Jose State on the schedule, and so on, versus can your offense score? Against a team of this caliber. And it's, uh, you know, the classic bowl matchups as you get into them where now it's, all right, you're facing a different caliber of talent, right? Because this wasn't the run and gun, shoot them up Big Ten that it's become. Right. right. This was still coming out of the three yards in a cloud of dust and will grind you out. Yeah, look, perfect example. The game-winning drive against Michigan. They're down 9-7 midway through the fourth quarter. Their defense has held Michigan to nine points. Ohio State couldn't do anything. Craig Krenzel then leads a drive. I said the big first first down on a on a fourth down quarterback sneak completes a big wheel route pass to Maurice Claret, which lives in Ohio State lore. Is a the wheel play that goes in for the go ahead touchdown. John Navarre, who was playing quarterback for Look Michigan, that. That, yeah, I think he beat Mich- I think he beat Ohio State once. Navarre did, but I think that's what every Michigan quarterback they beat him once and they lose the next three. Yeah, but if you got one, you can at least say we're part of the one time club. You know, they 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 get down the field and score a touchdown. Navarre is picked off on the final play of the game by. Will Allen, and and here goes Ohio State, everybody doubting them all the way to the national championship game where they were a 12-point underdog to the University of Miami. 12 points. 12 Even points. with all of the defensive efforts that they'd put up over the course of the year. Not just, hey, you, you're going to score lowly. You're, you're going to give up. And suddenly this defense that had been so great all season long this team's going to be able to exploit the holes behind Ken Dorsey. So one of the great national championship games of all time await us and one of the biggest controversies still to this day as special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon continues. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon continues now as we take a look back at the 2002 Ohio State Buckeyes who win an absolute thriller in a controversy-filled national championship game over the Miami Hurricanes to win the national championship. There are so many twists and turns in this game, which eventually is won by Ohio State 31-24. One of the big plays early on in this, in, in in which, look, we watched Ohio State's defense get a couple of turnovers early. They force a fumble by Ken Dorsey. They turn a 7-0 deficit into a 14-7 lead. But one of the biggest plays comes to us courtesy of Maurice Claret, who is obviously at the end of his run as an Ohio State running back. Nobody knows it at this point, but he makes one of the biggest plays in the national championship game in the Fiesta Bowl Sean Taylor, the late Sean Taylor, picks off Craig Krenzel deep in Miami territory. Ohio State is going in for a score, and Taylor's returning it, and Claret comes from behind, strips Sean Taylor of the ball, and Ohio State recovers. They get a field goal, but this was a play that was, oh my goodness, what a momentum swing, and Taylor can't hold on to the football, and Maurice Claret, the biggest play he makes in the national championship because he didn't have a great game running the football. The biggest play was that strip from behind that gives Ohio State another drive, a chance to put points on the board and takes momentum away from Miami. Extend to a 10-point lead instead of having it be potentially a, a tie ball game, momentum, the crowd, all of those things suddenly swinging back. And it's just funny when you get into games of this magnitude and you think about the star power mm-hmm. on these fields, right? Sean Taylor, who was one of the most dominant players in in the secondary that we'd seen, uh, and Willis McGahee, who goes on to a fabulous career on the other side, and Claret, the career that might have been, uh, but for you know some issues that befall him. But in this case, you've just got that big swing right there for Maurice Claret, not giving up on a play. How many times you watch college and pro, as soon as the ball's turned over, Guys start looking at the sideline. Guys <laughs> kind of half run back into into a play. I see more kickers get involved in plays sometimes than <laughs> skill position guys. You know, you usually have the the hogs from the offensive line doing their best to track down someone on a return. But here it's Claret making the big play. That is the first drive of the second half. So instead of 
Miami having the football down a touchdown. Ohio State gets a field goal, and they go up by 10. So now it's a 17-7 lead. And this is where Miami, at some point, I'm saying to myself, Miami's got the horses, all right? This is Larry Coker in his second year at Miami. You know, Rob Chudzinski is the offensive coordinator. Ken Dorsey had a huge year. They have Willis McGahee. There is star power all over this team. All right, I mean, the, yeah, I mean both of those guys you were, look. Yeah, we're top five Heisman finalists. I mean, Andre Johnson was on this team. <laughs> you know, Frank Gore was on this team. Jared Payton. I mean, this Kellen Winslow, when he was a good tight end, yeah. was on this team. They had star power Eric everywhere. Winston. I mean, playing this was, tight end before he switched to being a full-time offensive lineman. And it really shocked me that they couldn't get out offensively on Ohio State more than they did. And that I thought, okay, here's how the game's going to go. Miami's going to struggle early, and then they're going to impose their will on the game, and they're going to go up and down the field on Ohio State, and that just didn't happen. Start getting that lean as as you would with your offensive line, and especially behind the, the running of McGahee. But certainly that's one of those moments that just lives on in national title lore uh, when we go through that. But, you know, defensive side of the ball, they had my guy Vince Wilfork, who's, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. captain of my wall of mean, ah, especially yes. once he was wearing the overalls. Sure, that, that became was a big deal later on. But uh, for the purposes of, of the offense of this game, just kept waiting for it to click, right? I mean, it was a 12-point spread. Mm-hmm. Eventually the dam had to break, didn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Willis McGahee. Breaks through, touchdown run, that cuts the lead to three, and suddenly Miami's got momentum. But Willis McGahee is one of the poster boys of this game. If you remember, this is the game in which McGahee suffered a really horrible knee injury later on Mm. in the second half, in which he missed the vast majority of the next year. And that really started the discussion of, oh my goodness, Willis McGahee, look at him. Did he have insurance? Was he able to make sure that his last college game, because he was one of the stars in all of college football, Mm -hmm. would have been a top three or top four pick, but he injures his knee so badly that he falls in the draft because he's going to miss almost all of the next year of play. The Buffalo Bills take him, and it takes him a little while to get into that run. And this was really the first injury where college football players, parents, everybody says, hey, you know what? Maybe playing in a bowl game might not be what you should do if you're going to wind up being a a high first-round pick. And now we see it all the time where players miss bowl games because they're worried about an injury. It doesn't matter what my team is playing for. I got to sit out because I got to preserve my career at the next level. It's not going to help me if somebody takes a cheap shot at me in a game and I get hurt. It helped. It, it stinks, but hey, I got you here. So I'm going to sit this game out and then go to the NFL. No, and that, that's the difficult part of the this process was for McGahee. I mean, that was just gruesome, right? So that wasn't just an injury. Oh, it was awful. Right. That was yes. one that you don't watch a second time. It's a screen pass in which he gets hit by Will Allen. His left knee gets bent backwards, and it was tough to see. Tears of the ACL, PCL, MCL. It was really difficult. And like I said, he was going to be a top three, top five pick. Instead, it was, well, now he's going to go in the third or fourth round. He eventually does get taken by the Bills and sits out all of 2003 before going on to 1,000-yard seasons. So it did turn out okay for McGahee, but he was the real first guy that well, is playing in a bowl game really what we should be doing? Ooh, okay. And now you just say no. Of course, for you <laughs> oh, and yeah, I, I'm out. I'm of out. course, Thanks. you and I for I'll Syracuse and Northwestern, going to a bowl every year would just be nice enough. <laughs> Miami kicks a field goal to send the game to overtime. And in overtime, Miami scores first seven-yard touchdown pass from Ken Dorsey to Kellen Winslow. Ohio State, now in overtime, has to go for the touchdown. Otherwise, they lose the game. Craig Krenzel completes a fourth and 14 pass to Michael Jenkins. That keeps the drive alive. And then it comes down to the fourth and three play, which is now known as the call. What looks to be an incomplete pass thrown by Craig Krenzel. You watch Miami celebrate. Larry Coker runs on the field. Miami's your national champions because a fourth and three pass from inside the five-yard line goes incomplete in the end zone. However, official Terry Porter calls pass interference on Miami defensive back Glenn Sharp. They get a new set of downs. They go in for the game-tying touchdown. Now, this is a play that many of us have seen 
many times. Was this a pass interference play or not? It has been broken down as well by the letter of the law. It's pass interference. This game was being refereed pretty rough. You know, there was a lot of physical play that both sides had gotten away with. Well, this. but even earlier in that possession, right? The the Jenkins pass was potentially offensive pass interference. Mm-hmm. Yes. But back then, you didn't call offensive pass interference no, unless no, he absolutely no, no. clubbed a guy. No. I mean, he pushed off on Sharp. Yep. You know, who then got called for, who's got to be pissed off going, well, wait that's, a minute. That's so exactly Jenkins it, right? doesn't get called, but I get called for this. I've seen the play, and you know what it is? It's a no call. It's a no call. It's really hard to say there's a no call because we saw it in the Super Bowl a few years ago, right? The big no call on fourth down with Colin Kaepernick and the mm-hmm. when the Niners played the Baltimore Ravens. And it was, oh, it's passive. No, it was a good no call. And that helped clinch the game for the Ravens. But the fact that Porter took a while to throw his flag, and that's what I have a problem with because he said after the game, I wanted to replay it in my mind to make sure it was pass interference, and then I threw the flag. You know what? That's a case where if you didn't see it, it's not a flag. Right, if you got to think about it, like going to the Hall of Fame. You got to think about it. Yeah, no, you're not a Hall of Famer. It's, I got to think about it, I'm throwing the flag. That's why that was a bad call. Because it's either you got to see it right away, pass interference, I'm throwing. Not, I got to think about it because, boy, I don't want to leave this game being the guy who didn't throw the flag. You know what? Let me throw the flag, and we'll let the players on the field decide it. No, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. If it's it's good defense, it's good defense. And they throw the flag, and that's really hard for Miami going from, we've just won the national championship to, oh, hey, no, yeah, no, you haven't. I mean, that, that was really Oh, that was the worst part of that decision. Well, you want to talk about a deflation. But what's funny is in the the back end of it is that Referee Magazine called it one of the best 18 calls look, of by all the letter, time. You can look at it and say, ah, it's but you want to you wanna back up by if Referee Magazine's not going to call something bad. Here's the worst referees in Referee Magazine. No, it's Referee Magazine's no, going to spotlight they, the good referees. It would be the 18 times you could have done better. <laughs> section. <laughs> you know, that, that that was it was a no call for me. But now Miami's got to go back and play. Mm-hmm. Next overtime, Ohio State gets the ball. They go in for a touchdown. Five-yard touchdown run by Maurice Claret. Miami gets its second possession. They have to get in the end zone. All right now, Derek Crudup comes in, the backup quarterback, because Ken Dorsey gets knocked silly on a play. So now he has to come out of the game. He's still woozy. The backup comes in, completes a fourth down pass to Kellen Winslow. At that point, I go, this game is over. Derek Crudup, he's he's in the huddle going, set, hot, hot. And he completes a fourth down pass to keep the drive going. And then he goes right back out of the game. Right, because now Ken Dorsey comes back in on the side. He got cleared. Hey, hey, get back in, get back in. Again, nowadays, how did he get cleared? Did he go through the proper concussion protocol to get back in the game? Or was it, dude, are you okay? Come on, man. This is the national What's your name? Get in there. I'm Joe Montana. Great. What are you doing? He's, it's Ken Dorsey. The guy thinks he's Joe Montana. And then he said, there's John there. Candy and ran back on the field. Let him go out there. He thinks he's Montana. But you watch Dorsey play. You can tell he is still not himself. Hurricanes get stopped in their first three plays after that, including Dorsey missing a wide open player for what could have been a touchdown. And on fourth and goal, he's pressured. He chucks it up. Desperation pass, incomplete. No flags on that play. And Ohio State are your 2002 national champions. After the game was over, I still couldn't believe they were the national champions. No, it was one that, again, because of the officiating and the twists and turns and big injury and and everything, it just left you exhausted, for one. But... You, you look at games like this compared to how they're officiated today when you talk about instant replay and challenges. I, I mean, you're not going to overturn any of these just like they don't do from New York in the National Football League, you know, as you and I speak. But it's it just a different era, right? A, a lot more physical. And and for this one, it was, it was a slugfest. It really was. And it was a battle and a war of attrition. It was shocking. It was exciting. It was everything you'd want in a national championship game. And with the big controversial call, that lives forever. I mean, you can't, you can't dial it up any better than that. Did the right team win? Well, the call was made, and Miami did have a chance, and Ohio State made all the plays. Jim Tressel does not get enough credit 
for the coach he was. Obviously, because the way things ended amid scandal, he has to resign. Players are getting free tattoos. Terrell Pryor is at the, the crux of this. And we forget just what a great head coach he was. You know? <laughs> free tattoos. <laughs> I mean, that's here. You gave me a jacket. You gave me merch. I traded it for tattoos. Here's the problem. You gave me the jacket. Fired. Yeah, I shouldn't have that, done it. But I mean, that the fact that that's a rule, and we, we yeah. could do a podcast on inane NCAA rules another time, but the fact that that's the scandal mm-hmm. that hits him with all the other stuff that's gone on oh, yeah, in yeah. the Big Ten and in sure. football in general, that that's it. Yeah, hey, that guy got a tattoo for free. And you know what he had to give up? That Letterman's jacket he didn't <laughs> want. <laughs> Just absurd. Oh, this thing that they gave me for free. Yeah, here, just put like four more tats on me, man. Yeah, I, mean, I am this, all good. He just wants the swag bag from the bowl game. I He's am. got an MP3 player <laughs> and, and a uh, you know a set of headphones and a sweatshirt. All right, here. I am all good. Yeah, don't worry about it. We're we're fine. We're absolutely fine. He doesn't get that credit because he what he came in and turned a program that was always talented, but when it came to Putting your feet to the fire, they faltered. Instead, they had the belief, and he instilled that belief that this is a program that's going to continue, and I'm going to be at the head of this, and I'm going to continue on with it as long as I want to go. It's a shame that's how it ended for him because of what happened. Obviously, they had their problems, and he had to go, but just the image of him, the sweater vest, everything is buttoned up, and all kinds of crazy stuff is going on beyond. Hey, when you can do that, when you can at least give the image that I'm in charge of things— doesn't matter what happens behind closed doors. No, that's right. Six and four in bowl games, 66 and 14 in the Big Ten, and 106 and 22 overall as the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes during his run. I mean, that's just absolutely absurd. For his career, a 75% winning percentage. So, talking about domination throughout, but for Jim Tressel, you know, history not as kind perhaps as it should be, this team as a whole, not regarded typically very well. I mean, there was an ESPN poll that ranked him the worst champion of a 20-year period. I see, I, I don't know that you can say that. Look, they beat the best team, they beat him, and, and it was a dominant game defensively. You, you could say that, hey, did Miami have a bad game? Yeah, but they had a bad game because Ohio State was that good. Right. You know, and, and the Ohio State made all the plays. Was Craig Krenzel great? No. But they look at all the NFL talent that we didn't talk. Will Smith was on this team starting defensive end. They put, I think, seven of their uh starting defenders went on to long careers in the NFL. This was that good a defensive team. But defensive teams, unless you're the 85 Bears or legendary teams like that, you just don't get the do that other teams do that light up the scoreboard. Yeah, I mean, you want the sexiness of points. And as we said, that was, that wasn't the hallmark for this team. They had no. a couple of explosions against the inferior opponents or where the defense just put it, laid it at the table for them to just finish the job. But when you play that kind of defense, I mean, again, Joe Tiller only been doing his thing in Purdue for a couple of years at this point. So mm-hmm. the Big Ten hadn't changed. So naturally, you hadn't changed the style of game you were playing either, which is why when you played the SEC or the Pac-10 and whatever else, and all of a sudden you're facing all these big, fast wideouts, and the offenses are that much more prolific or going to the SEC, more three yards in a cloud of dust, but still, you know, just a different in terms of the athletes or the Florida schools, that it was always seen as a mismatch in bowl games. And sometimes they get run out of the gym and they would diminish the fact that you had the cannibalization and just a different style of play across the Big Ten. Before we get to the where are they now, Maurice Claret has become the most visible personality associated with this 2002 team. Everything was at his feet. He was the first freshman to be the leading rusher on a national championship game since Amon Green of Nebraska in 95. Ohio State is thinking we're going to win it all next year, the year after. There's Heisman trophies. There's the NFL in his future. But that was it for Ohio State. Right In December, he had gotten upset with the team because they wouldn't let him fly back for a friend's funeral. That was the first part of the divorce proceedings that started between Claret and Ohio State. He got in a very highly publicized shouting match with his position coach during the Northwestern game earlier in the year. 
later on after the national championship, it was revealed he didn't go to any classes Mm -hmm. during his only year at Ohio State. This story gets out. It's an academic scandal, and Ohio State has no choice but to dismiss him from the team. So now he is no longer an Ohio State Buckeye. He sues to get into the NFL draft. He wins his case, but there's some shenanigans legally that prevent him from getting into the NFL. So now he's a man without a team. Well, and that's it. He becomes a guy with a couple of injuries coming out of that freshman year, but signs an agent because he's told, hey, you're clear, you're going to be good. Mm -hmm. So he and Mike Williams of USC go and they sign agents. And then once they're told, no, you can't, NCAA won't let them back. So now they're in no man's land, right? And at the time, I mean, I guess they could have gone and played in Canada, probably could have gone and and done that. But otherwise, you're without a home. And for Maurice Claret, it became just the beginning of a downward spiral, waiting on that opportunity to try to get into the NFL and a ruling. And and we've had this conversation. I I once wrote, I think it was about a 5,000-word diatribe about Mm -hmm. their their legal situation and how screwed they got in the process because of bad advice and just a bad rule, right? If a team wants to take a shot on you after a year or just like in – in basketball at times and time again, you know, coming out of high school and they want to put you into a developmental program, why not, right? Maurice Claret coming off an injury, could have got bulked up, could have got rehab on the leg and everything else and gone on and maybe a straight path into a viable NFL career. But instead, he's a man without a, a home. He challenges the NFL's rule that a player has to wait three years until after graduating from high school. He loses in 2004, but he gets in the 2005 draft. He trains. He does not have a great combine. I remember Mel Kuyper. I did shows with Mel Kuyper at ESPN at that point. He was saying he's going to be a sixth or seventh round pick. But the Broncos draft him at the end of the first day in the third round. And Claret actually gets into the National Football League. His career never gets off the ground. It's revealed he's battled depression, alcoholism since as early as 2002. And then he has two really disastrous legal moments. One is a robbery conviction in which he attempted to rob a couple of people with a gun outside a bar in early 2006. And then he had the instance in August of 2006 in which he was arrested after he made an illegal U-turn driving in his car, led police on a chase uh, in an SUV that reportedly belonged to his uncle. When they finally stopped Claret, they... Look in the car, and he's got all kinds of weapons in there. A loaded AK-47, katana blade, loaded handguns, everything, and an open bottle of Grey Goose vodka. And this was really the end of the Maurice Claret story where I thought, oh, my God, this guy, he needs so much help. He has gotten it. He turned his life around after that. He started to counsel players so they wouldn't fall into the same traps as him. But, you know, his career was something that... Uh, really, it was it was the shining example of, all right, here's how to achieve, and then here's what not to do. So there's Maurice Claret, who was able to turn his life around later on, but the twists and turns to get there were really crazy. What about some others in Where Are They Now? Where are they now? All right, we got Ben Hartsock. We mentioned him a little bit earlier, played in the league for Jets, yeah. quite a while. Jets. Yep. He's now an, an agent. How about that? Went on the other side saying, wait, I can get a couple of percent by just hyping guys? Yeah, I'm in on that. Uh, Tim Anderson, defensive line, played in the league for a little bit. He's a history teacher. And he also does, uh, he's a wrestling coach. Uh, Adrian Clark became a trainer and works with offensive linemen, working on their technique. So if you want to be a dancing bear of the NFL, you go find him. Why has it got to be a bear? Why? It's not all about the Bears. Have you never heard that bear, phrase, bear, dancing, dancing bear? bear? Yes, I know, but you brought it up just because you're a Bears fan. You're, you're right. Uh, San Antonio Holmes. Uh, Jets, yeah. Jet, <laughs> Steeler, yeah. all of that. Uh, does a lot of work for the sickle cell research and foundation that he has started. You've got Donnie Nicky, uh, financial industry for MetLife. How about that? Knew a guy named Nicky, I guess you could say he'd save me some money. Nicely done. Uh, Craig Krenzel does some insurance work in Columbus. 
little bit of media work. And, Doesn't everybody uh, buy their insurance? Craig Krentz, I could talk to him about 2002. How many insurance calls do you think he goes on where guys go, hey, tell me about the national championship? All right, fine. So fourth quarter comes, and here's what happens. Great. I well, bet she's got a nice life and a nice house and everything else. So he tells that story every day. He just keeps telling stories and gets more clients. Ten times a day. I bet she's got a lot of uh, gusto. Mike Doss, we talked about him before. Zimmer Biomet, medical sales rep. And then I got one more for you because I know you're going to like this. All right, go ahead. You got Rob Sims. All right, played the league a little bit. Mm-hmm. Played in Detroit with Calvin Johnson. Two of them have started a, their own little cannabis run there in Michigan. And they've also got a giant research thing going on with Harvard. Wow. Everything is legal in Michigan. And everything uh, related to cannabis and its use. So there is our look back at the 2002 Ohio State Buckeyes National Champions pulling one of the big upsets in college football history in an incredibly memorable game against the Miami Hurricanes. I'm Jason Smith. He's Mike Harmon. You can hit us up on Twitter at HowAboutAFresca or Mike is at Swollen Dome. Let us know what you think. Let us know what teams you would like to see spotlighted on special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. We'll talk to you next time. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.